welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Andrea Kaspari. Andrea Kaspari is a Kansas City-based comic with attitude to spare, just don't touch her Twinkies. Andrea is the 2019 Pasadena Clean Comedy Challenge champion and has recorded a dry bar special. We're going to talk with her about the good, the bad, and the funny. It is so good to be here, guys. Um, you know, quarantine was weird, wasn't it? It was a little bit weird. Um, I know I had French fries for breakfast. Um, yeah, and I kept a McDouble in the crisper. I kept it in the veggie crisper because I knew my husband wouldn't look in there. So, um, I outgrew my leggings. Anybody else? Quarantine 15. 50. Yeah, nothing personal. It happens. Um, Oh, Andrea, it's so good to have you on the show. (laughs) Yeah, Andrea, we are looking forward to chatting with you. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited, Brian and Aaron. So let's get all the necessary stuff out of the way. Uh, Just making sure that we're all on the same page here. Uh, I said earlier, you're a Kansas City-based comic. Yes. And Kansas City is in Missouri. Yes, the Kansas City that matters is in Missouri. Oh, Ooh. there is some that is ethereal and has no substance, therefore um, not matter. Yeah, I mean, it just it kind of splays into uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and oh. Um, oh. yeah, it just it basically the line straddles. There's a Kansas City, Missouri side, and there's a Kansas side, and Missouri okay. side is the yummy barbecue and like you know just oh. little slightly classier, a little more jazz. So. And it's the part of Kansas City that likes people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. M- Missouri loves company. Ah, I love it. Are there going to be a lot of puns? <laughs> nope. Gonna... That was the last one. Okay. I'll, I might Maybe. throw some Liar! <laughs> and we have the airport on our side, so. Oh, right. So when when it comes time for all the fights that go on with between the airport and other places, airports on yeah. your side. Good. Yes, it's on your side. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk comedy. Uh, this is the part of the show we, so we talk about the good, the bad, and the funny. This is the funny part. At least I hope so. And, uh, we got to meet this summer and I was, I was very excited that, uh, we got to spend some time together and, uh, that was all kind of a, like a second round of the clean comedy challenge that you had done where you were the clean comedy challenge champion in 2019. You were in Pasadena, uh, yeah. and, and that was not your your first, you know, rodeo, so to speak, when in the world of comedy. You've been at this a while. I know. I've been at this for way longer than I care to admit. So, <laughs> but I started a long time ago. Um, I've been doing it 20 years, to be honest. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was thinking it was like, ah, it's got to be 15 or something. But yeah, uh, I started you... in 2001, July 2001. So this is when, my second decade. When you were seven. That's so yeah. great. Yeah. I know. Thanks. I'm youthful. Yeah. uh and then uh i understand that there's a there's a husband involved in this uh and uh we we have some uh kind of his side of things that we're going to go through Uh, my name is andrea kaspari i'm a high school english teacher and my husband is a high school bus driver (laughs) yeah so you know we're rolling in dough yeah we both come home in good moods money sometimes we'll just cash our paychecks and just dance around in the ones 
But you know, it's so fun. So my husband, um, you know, I, he had to put a ring on it. So uh, he did. And he took me to get some fine jewelry at a Costco. So that was great. They have a fine jewelry department. But I think the inflection is more like fine jewelry. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the fine jewelry is uh, easily one of my uh, favorite uh, bits of yours, Andrea. Um, oh, so... thank you, Brian. I, I'm glad you appreciate it because I really, that's such an English teacher thing of me to just, the, <laughs> the idea of inflection is really funny. Yes. Fine uh, and jewelry. I'm I'm such a, a nerd when it comes to old timey comedy, uh, like the Three Stooges and stuff. Whenever I've seen fine jewelry, I've always pictured Larry Fine, you know, the guy with the puffy hair yes. from the Three Stooges behind the counter. Well, hello. <laughs> Welcome to fine jewelry. <laughs> oh, that's good. Too and, bad. Too bad we didn't nope. work together. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just never happened that way. But your yours is uh, so delightful. And yes, exactly what I would expect from an English teacher. So the question is, was it English teacher first and then comedy or comedy and then English teacher? Hmm, that is a really good question. I will tell you, let, let's see if you can do the math. I've been teaching 19 years, but I've been doing comedy for 20. Oh. <laughs> That's a very teacher way to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. Be, being an English teacher, though, uh, I'm surprised uh, as I thought there would be no math. Uh, during the program today. Uh -huh. Oh, I know. I used to cry when I, I had to take statistics uh, for Ooh. my master's in education. Ugh. I know. Uh. And it was, I cried every day. I mean, every day I would just, I, I went into the bathroom and just sobbed and I went to Arby's and ate my feelings. So. Oh yeah. They were delicious. My, my feelings are all a Jamocha shake and a potato cake flavored. So that worked out well for me at Arby's too. Oh my gosh, that sounds, and actually I had Arby's tonight. This is really, it's coming <laughs> full circle. I didn't even, I just re realized that that was delicious. Okay, here we are. Oh, great. But, Wonderful yeah. feelings there. So yeah, I've been teaching for 19 years. It's insane. Wow. Uh, and, um, and then uh, this hardly ever comes up when uh, we're interviewing people, but I have to ask, uh, and, and this is a question that all of us comics hear all the time. Is that true? And that is, is your husband really a school bus driver? Oh, yeah. I would have come up with something way funnier. Yeah. <laughs> if we're making stuff up, I mean, right. yeah. yeah. No, he is He is a school bus driver. He is actually an artist as well. Like, so it's really kind of cool because we have like our like day jobs for health insurance and, you know, sure. whatever. And then, um, and then we have like our absolute art at night. So he is, he's, he works for tops. He um, sketches for garbage pill kids. Oh, how fun. Yeah. If you guys, oh, cool. Do you remember Garbage Pail Kids? Uh, yeah. I, I'll put it this way. Uh, I remember Wacky Packies. Yes. And he did an original piece of art last December for Wacky Packages. I'll have to send you the artwork. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So. I've, I've been alive longer than you've been doing comedy and teaching English Bush together. So. Um, oh, hush. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but when you when you said uh, he uh, illustrates for tops, I was thinking they don't illustrate baseball players. And then you immediately went to the um, the garbage pail kids. And I'm like, oh, that, of course, somebody's got to draw those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's So, yeah, he does sketch cards for tops. And then they asked him to do the original art for a wacky package last December. It was incredible. Fun. Oh, yeah. yeah the, I mean, it's his yeah. dream. The wacky packages was absolutely my grade school. Um just i was completely enamored with them i thought they were the funniest thing ever yeah well, we love we love it enough about 
that guy. Uh, I want to talk more about you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Let's um, do it. <laughs> well, uh, when I was looking at your bio earlier, and I was seeing this level of uh, Ms. Kaspari has been on the stage with, and then there's this giant list, and I thought, gosh, this is a lot of people for somebody who just started comedy last week, and. <laughs> uh, and then when you say, no, it's been 20 years, Brian, then it's like, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, I get, I'm just going to rattle one off. Big one. Go, I, I was going to say, I get one, one big show a year. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to rattle off some names. Uh, Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm picturing you with that fist, whoa, 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 raised in the air and everything like he used to do on his show. Oh, yeah. And, I'm. Yeah. I and, and are we pausing to chat about them, or do you just want to like do the list? Because yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, talk no, to me, and, Goose. I know, right? And, I, and the only reason I'm asking is because I have to tell you, working with yeah. Arsenio Hall was probably my like the best com- comedic moment. Or actually, I mean, several because actually, I did. Um, I featured for him at the Kansas City Improv, and then when he came back to the Argosy Casino next the year after, um, I saw that he was coming, and I um, contacted his management, and they said, "Yeah, of course he remembers you. Come and open for him here." Oh, so, how lovely. Yeah, it was oh, really awesome. Yeah, we had he's so easy and fun to work with. And it's just he's such a legend. It was really cool. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, the next one, uh, Polly Shore. Yeah, I'm sure you have the same story. Um, the, the, oh, let me just tell you. So I've opened <laughs> for him three times because every time he comes to Kansas City, we work together. And I'm the Polly Whisperer because I remember years ago, well before I was getting good gigs, I remember he used to come to Stanford and Sons where I started. And they'd say, oh, Polly Shore, he's such a jerk and he's so hard to work with. And he closes the door and he doesn't let anyone in the green room. And he just, you know, whatever. Anyway, and so I was like, well, I'm going to get behind this. And like we buddied yeah. up and he was, he was awesome. So he like, I'm the Polly Whisperer. They know I can work nice. with them. and no issues well that's terrific yeah. uh and then um there's i'm now i'm gonna rattle off names. okay i'll let it. yeah yeah See, then, that's what i'm saying yep and then by all means let's go back and tell stories about people behind their back um charlie murphy leanne morgan wendy liebman joe mr d dombrowski gina brilliant who's uh america's got talent finalist Brion. in 2021 Brion. Brion. Thank you. That's how my name uh, sounds when I say it with a French accent. So that's perfect. Uh, and, the, and then and the list goes on. Uh, there's just tons. Um, Fortune Feimster, Chris Porter, Robert Schimmel. Um, yeah, Tommy Davidson, Jim Brewer. Um, wow. And many others. It's just this uh, who's who of people that you want to work with. Um, I don't know if I, I really should brag too much, but uh, I, I have worked uh, with Aaron Sorrells. <laughs> oh my gosh really he's a time amazing. or two tell That's me about me it. yeah there he is <laughs> hi Aaron. um now i can say i have two yeah yeah right? uh and then um when uh you did the uh clean comedy challenge in pasadena that was at the ice house right yes that was the, uh, yeah the, the ice legendary house yes the legendary ice house and um, that's one of those um, comedy clubs that's, you know, it's an icon. It, legendary is too gentle. Um, uh, any um, experiences from uh, being in the ice house and kind of, you know, looking around at, yeah, this is the stage and these are the people. And oh, how for was sure. that? 
Oh, for sure. I was so excited um, to join, to, to even perform on that stage, let alone win that. It was incredible. I was so um, just, it was beyond me because I had always seen like on all the YouTube clips and like Gabriel Iglesias and I love him. I've not met, worked with him or met him, but I just think he's wonderful. And I've always seen the ice house behind everybody. That was like the yeah. big clip, you know, and I, it was just kind of um, amazing to just be there. And I thought this is something else. Like it was, it is iconic, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking great... for my Zoom shows, I was going to put a marquee behind me um, uh, for all the little tiny bugs that I have in my studio. So it says the Lice House. Uh, uh. <laughs> but that's that. There's that extra pun you were looking for. Yes. Um, I knew you uh, couldn't stop. I knew you couldn't help yourself, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, I just kind of keep looking for opportunities. Uh, so, Ice House is, it sounds like it's just as wonderful as we imagine it to be uh, for those of us who are in West Michigan or other parts of the country where the ice house isn't, it doesn't feel accessible. Um, But, uh, but there you were. And, um, and then uh, the, uh, the next thing that I get excited about is uh, you did a dry bar special. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I don't want to brag because I want you to (laughs) No. I, but when I got there, um, you know, I saw I like I, I there's a lot to it. But the most important part was that they had, um, you know, our flyers up. They had like they had six performers that weekend, three on Friday and three on Saturday. And we were each doing two performances. And then they take the best one or kind of, you know, put them together, what Frankenstein mm-hmm. it. And I just I, I saw it from across the the street. You know, we were staying at um, the Hyatt down the street and uh, it was walking distance. Everything was all planned and they were so gracious and so awesome. And awesome. I just, I walked up to my flyer and I was like, oh, and I noticed that it was totally misspelled. So <laughs> <laughs> it was Andrea Caspati with a big, with a D. Oh, Instead of C-A-S-P-A-R-I, it was C-A-S-P-A-D-I. And yeah. now, um, and I sent that to all my friends, freaking out, but kind of in a fun way, but kind of like, sure. well, this is humbling. And um, now my phone changes it to Caspati. Like my autocorrect <laughs> hates well, me and changes thought it. that maybe you're wrong? You know, yeah. maybe you've been spelling it wrong. Yeah. I, I really think so. Like, I wish that I could have asked my dad, you know, how this, you know, I really think that when he passed, that should have been the last thing I said or asked. Oh, him. man. Is there a hey, D by or the way, I'm changing my name, dad. Sorry. Yeah. And not to Spears. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but I do think uh, that you've already come up with a way to switch it to a D in your name. I love it. Some of my kids, they're so cute. They think they're gangsta. They're like. I don't need none of this grammar. I'm going to be a rap star. I'm like, set your butt down, Notorious GED. We're about to get some learning done up in this mug, okay? (laughs) You're dealing with a rapper, okay? They call me Little Debbie, okay? snack wrapper baby (laughs) much like my flow my shirt is tight (laughs) yeah I ain't never said no no to a ho-ho let's just let's just be honest yeah that's right but you know it's cool um I you know I really do need to kind of lose weight because I'm shopping at the plus size store you guys know that one lane giant 
are pudgy and they have skittles at the register <laughs> they're always having a whale of a sale <laughs> oh i know right and there's always some skinny gal she's like oh my god i just got fired from express <laughs> okay becky i just got back from panda express <laughs> she's like you want a one-piece or a two-piece swimsuit I'm like, give me a six-piece and a biscuit. <laughs> and a Diet Coke, because I don't want to get fat. <laughs> you guys think you're so <laughs> Yeah, the D for Little Debbie. That's what I was uh, imagining. I love it. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. That, I bet that's it. They knew. <laughs> they ha- they uh, knew. They knew. They just knew. Uh, I love how your um, your life as a teacher of course, you know, comes into your comedy and it's very relatable because everybody's had an English teacher. I'm sure none of them had such a excellent English teacher as you. <laughs> um, but you've got some strategies for dealing with kids. Um, I think, uh, I've heard you talk about it. Um, uh, with, when it comes to the classics, the literature that they have to read. Oh yes, that's right. Ah, are you, <laughs> I only teach books that have really good movies. <laughs> So we're currently reading, yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Oh, terrific. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and next week we'll start in on a great men in history, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I have um, never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. And there's like 10 of those out there or something, right? Yeah. I, well, I think they were on nine. F9. Okay. Yeah. Well... But you have read all the books, Brian? No, I'm waiting for the books to come out <laughs> so that I can read them first and I know what I, what's going on. Yeah. You know, and then I can look for inconsistencies between the book and the movie. And I love it. Know. I'm sure they'll come out. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, um, or just out of high school, the the movie Sylvester Stallone's sequel to First Blood, Rambo, mm. uh, came out. <laughs> And I happened to be stuck. I, my car broke down and I was stuck sitting at a gas station for several hours. Oh my I walked over to a, a store nearby and I was like, I'll just grab a book. I'll read it while I wait. And that's what I got. I got the novelization of Rambo first blood <laughs> part two. And oh my gosh. It, it was, it was basically the screenplay, but without all the, you know, <laughs> the it being straight dialogue or anything or stage direction is just all you know it's novelized it, it was, was the story man it was it was such a compelling story as well and so detailed in his experience there as a vietnam vet oh yeah. my gosh that's yeah. amazing yeah uh so yeah. you know if that's something that you want to bring to your your class it's of course you know don't don't worry about giving me credit i i won't i'm okay good <laughs> not even <laughs> <but> no <laughs> <laughs> the kids, they don't, they really don't like to read. Like there's, it, it really is sad. And I, I just, oh, they have those, we call them screenagers because they just have, <laughs> they just have the devices. Yeah. That's and it. yeah. And I actually, the other day I, I really felt kind of cool because I, I said, man, you know, these screens are, they are raising these kids. And I said to this girl, Chloe, I said, Chloe, 
they're leaving you to your own devices. Hey, <laughs> and I didn't even think about the pun until, and then I went, Chloe, uh -oh. <laughs> Chloe, did you like my pun? And she just sat, she stared. I was like, Chloe, the pun, that was just incredible. I'm going to write that down. And she's like, ah. you know, so she was like, you said something. Yeah, was, um, what? <laughs> um, what? W U T what? Yeah. No. What? No, Chloe's actually pretty cool, but yeah, she oh. wasn't as impressed though with, by the pun. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. she probably wouldn't like me at all. Yes. No, that's that's in. You know, it's, I don't do a lot of puns on stage, but in my everyday walking around life, it's pretty constant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. mine too. I yeah, my husband and I always play with puns. Yeah. He's not into it, but <laughs> that's what he married. So <laughs> he didn't have any choice. None. None. None whatsoever. Uh, so we've, we've got the dry bar special. We've got a clean comedy challenge champion, um, worked with all these people, uh, and in all these places, uh, you told us a lovely story about, um, Arsenio Hall and his people and that you're the Polly whisperer, Polly Shore whisperer. Yes. Um, but, uh, I, I imagine there's gotta be places that you've worked and things where it's like, well, that was weird or unusual or I'm, here I'm just practicing with my thesaurus now. Um, <laughs> yes. I, bring up, bring on the synonyms, man. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm, cinnamon buns. Yeah. So uh, I, my question really is um, what about something that either, and I'm not looking for you to name names or tell tales on people or anything. It's more just the, like something that, that was like, well, that's weird, and it's not really, you know, I'm going to go do a bit about it or anything, but you worked with somebody or or you worked in a different place. Like, you know, the, the green room, that they're never green. You know, no. That, yeah. They're uh, never clean either. Right? <laughs> they tell a tale that I don't want to hear. Yeah, it's bad. That's There's... actually where that developed. Uh, they used to be called the clean room, and, and they were like, no, you can't call it that. No, no, you no. cannot. No. There's That's no not a true story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did awesome. a show last night at, at a place that's, it's becoming one of my favorite places to do shows because they're, they're being safe and, and they're just really wonderful people. But the, the quote unquote green room is their backstage area and they do a lot of improv and stuff. So there's a, what you'd expect to find backstage at a theater with costumes and props and things kind of everywhere. Yes. Um, and so you're kind of in the midst of that. And it just really makes me feel like I'm back in the theater somewhere. And uh, it's just absolutely great. It's really fun. Um, but it's it's just got that that vibe to it. That's like, well, this isn't the green room in the sense that people imagine that there's a, you know, there's a, a perfectly clean pitcher of water and a, a bull with 2000 brown M&Ms or anything like that. Brian, oh, those are not M&Ms. M &Ms. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm going to let you make that joke, Aaron. Go. Okay. <laughs> that was uh, brian doing his impression of aaron uh, <laughs> there there's yeah no please there might be something in that bowl but it's not m&m's no <laughs> no yeah so, so yeah you tell us so okay the night before i met my husband okay so i met my husband on facebook all right there's not even a joke there like that just happened um <laughs> 13 years ago. So right, I, that, right. yeah. 
So I met my husband like the first six hours I was a member of Facebook. And then six days later, we decided to meet like we had a plan to meet on a Saturday. But the night before we were to meet at this Minsky's pizza restaurant um, and his name is Barry and it was on Barry Road. So perfect. Perfect. Um, The night before I had a show in Warrensburg, Missouri. It's about an hour and a half south. And I actually went to school there, UCM, University of Central Missouri. And so I thought, oh, my hometown, my, you know, whatever stomping grounds. I had a friend, um, Brad Meehan, and we were like um, comedy partners. And so anytime we got it, and we only had 30 minutes each at the time. And so anytime we got an hour, we would split it and one of us would close, one would open, we would just switch on and off. And we got a Christmas party for the pipe fitters union of oh, Warrensburg. Awesome. Right? So I'm thinking like I do clean mostly now, but like at the time I did whatever. Right. And sure. um, so I remember like the booker, Richard Corp is a very strange dude and pretty dirty. Like his opening joke involves some things I can't even talk about on this podcast. And so he said to me, um, now tell Brad it has to be a G-rated show. And I just peed myself laughing. Ah, G-rated. Oh, sorry. You know, we'll get the Bambi <laughs> jokes out um, for the pipe fitters, right? Okay, right. please. Like they don't walk in, you know, all day. They're, you know, working on pipes, I'm assuming, whatever. Yeah. It's they're a laying union. pipe is what we're saying here. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Lay- <laughs> yeah. And they're, it, they're union guys. What union guys are, want a G-rated show? Like I can't, I was like, okay. I mean, not, you know, whatever. Anyway. So I told um, Brad and he was like, "Ah, okay. So we got our dirtiest, craziest stuff ready and we get there and we see, oh my gosh, families as wide as deep. Okay. (laughs) And and we, they have bland chicken as a little buffet. They have like bland chicken and just like unsalted green beans and stuff. And I said, oh my gosh, I think, I think they really do want a clean show. And he was like, there's no way. And I said, well, I think that's what's happening. And I, do you have 30 clean? He said, I don't have three clean. (laughs) And I said, I don't think I have seven clean. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, anyway, so I was like, so who goes first? And he's like, you. And I said, nope. I, nope. So I made Brad go up. And he did his shtick and he did his 28 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And he ends on a joke about caulking. Okay, Brad's big white caulking, take the ING uh-huh. off. And so he's just, and ever the punchline is like saying it six times, Brad's yeah. big white la la. And I'm like, oh, oh, and they oh are my. just, you can see them recoil. They're putting hands yeah. over kids' ears. It's earmuffs. Yeah. It's, you know, and this, and that was the cleanest thing he had, really. So, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> his closer was just not, not good. Okay. Anyway, I mean, it was so funny. Everything was funny, but they were not having it. They weren't laughing. Right. Like at one point, um, you know, he said, I wish I could pipe, you know, jokes in here. Like, you know, I wish I could pipe in uh, laughter juice. You guys would laugh and all this stuff. Oh, it was oh dear. really scary. So, and then he's like, and now here's Andrea Kaspari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, and I was, I didn't, I just didn't. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, just pictured like the villagers with like the pitchforks and the torches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that absolutely. was kind of what was happening there. Like I, I got up and I was like, Oh, Hey, how's everybody doing? And they're like, not great. You know? And it, yeah. it was so bad that I ran through my 30 of what I could in <laughs> seven minutes. <laughs> and I was not too new to it, but I mean, I was seven years in and not seasoned like road comic type. And I just said, now, what do you all want to talk about? Like it was, Oops. they, they uh-huh. didn't, they didn't no, they did not. 
There was no. nothing. They had nothing to say to me. There was no we laughter. Wanna go home. They we wanted want to go home. We want you to go home. Yeah, I think they wanted to stay. In, yeah, right. They wanted me to go home. Um, they were ready for their tasteless apple pie. Like they were done with me. And <laughs> then <laughs> I just ungracefully like I, I had I wasn't even on the stage yet. Like I was just kind of standing in front of them, which was stupid. I just hadn't gotten on the <laughs> stage yet. And so I just kind of rolled onto the stage to do my closer, the little Debbie rap yeah. or whatever. And it was just awkward and gross and the worst. And so oh, I came oh. home sobbing and my husband or my husband like this guy i've never met you know poor barry yeah. he's like oh my gosh you know what's going on and i said i just had the worst show of my life you know <laughs> and it felt bad <laughs> not good and, and now it's just funny because nothing has ever been that bad like it's really funny because like i'll come home and say oh this gig was just something else and he's like was it pipe fitters and i'm like nah <laughs> uh, was it, yeah pipe fitters bad no no it's fine that it's is nice literally, to have that to compare everything else to. <laughs> that is literally the depth. That yeah. is that is it was it pipe fitters low, and if it wasn't, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, it was a great right. gig. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh I I did a Christmas party for a uh, a group of people. It's a pretty good sized company, um, and they're in in this event center. And uh, I had kind of cleared everything, like this the sound system, I checked the lighting, I went through, I made sure they understood you need to have the, everything all cleared away from meals. The bar has got to be closed. You, you know, you gotta, and then you got to introduce me so that people are paying attention to you. And then you hand it to me. That's yes. how this has got to work. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be there. We're going to do that. And um, that was the day before. And mm-hmm. then the day of uh, I get there and I'm, I'm kind of standing by ready to go. And um, they had gotten the plates cleared away mm-hmm. and, they go up, okay, so we're going to have a comedian come up here in a minute. Um, but before you do that, uh, the bars, it's last call for the bar. And um, and then while you're up at the bar, uh, there's uh, at the buffet, there's desserts. And uh, and now here's Brian. Oh, <laughs> yes. And, oh. and yeah, and I was like, okay, well, they paid attention to you for a second, but now I'm not going to make them sit in their seats. You know, there's nothing I can say, nothing I can do. That's going to root them to their chairs while the bar is going to close and dessert is on the table. That's yeah. Uh, so that, that was, uh, that's my, um, worst show so far because it was just like this. And then they, you know, are all kind of coming back and some people are just like, what's he talking about? You know, they had no idea, they had missed the first 10, 15 minutes because they were all talking over me. And yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that reminds me of one more that was also Good. a heck, a heck gig, H E double mm-hmm. hockey stick gig. <laughs> okay. So I always, I think it's funny when people try to produce comedy, like who have never done it. Like that is, that is oh, the yeah. kind of thing where they're like drinks, desserts, you know, like they have no idea what it takes because you have to be in a certain mindset. The volume has to work. You have to be the focus. They have to be quiet. Yeah. They have to be closer up. Like, I mean, people just do not understand what it takes. They just think we get up and chat and hmm. everything's good. And it's like, you don't understand the planning and just the careful nuance to the joke and they have to, everything has to land. And so I was asked to do an after prom gig at my own high school that I teach wow. at Lunatonka. And they, they were like, Hey, you know, we want to do after prom. And I said, Oh, that's cool. And I had what I thought was a 30 minute 
segment like in the gym and i thought they mm-hmm. we, i thought it was understood that i would like get on a stage and i would like have a microphone and people would just come and watch the show um because after prom is basically like from midnight to two and or actually it's yeah. after the dance ends so it's like 11 to 2 a.m or whatever so the kids sure. have a safe spot to land and um anyway so i was like oh this will be cool mclean stuff 30 minutes la la anyway so then they're like well we couldn't really organize the gym because i think we're doing sumo wrestling in there or something i say okay (laughs) (laughs) we have the big sumo costume i don't even remember and and like so if you could um can you just do it in the hallway and i was like (laughs) what they're like yeah can you just do it in the hallway like between the two gyms Yes. And I and I said, well, and I had a student who is now like I had a I have a stand up team at school, and one of these students he is like professional, mega professional. Um, his girlfriend at the time, um, they were both on my Forty Eight Street Players improv team at the time, like they were just really cool. And so at the time he was just getting into stand up. His name is Mick Rice Hall, and his wife's Amanda Hall. And um, at the time they were you know just kids. And I was like, hey, will you guys like join me? Like I guess we're doing a hallway gig, and they're like, okay, you know, because they didn't matter. <laughs> they're 17 they don't care right whatever we're gonna hang out with miss kaspari on a saturday night so anyway so we're in the hallway and just like trying to you know land a joke it was like a that was the joke in it of itself. I mean, these kids are coming in, they're talking, mm-hmm. they're hugging. Um, there was a caricature artist down the hallway from us. <laughs> I can't make this up. There was belly dancing in the auxiliary gym. Oh my goodness. And, and I'm trying to do jokes and, you know, Mick is trying to do jokes. Amanda's trying to stave everybody off. Like, come, Hey, Hey, they're, they're doing a show. And she's like pushing people out of the way. And I do have a microphone and, you know, I have my little amp and my little mic that I, you know, will travel, whatever. And, yeah. and, and we're trying to land jokes, but people are coming halfway into a joke and halfway out of a set, <laughs> and, you know, and then I, so I'm in the middle of like what I thought was really good. And they were actually listening and the belly dancer comes up. They had a professional <laughs> belly dancer. And she, she grabs the mic from me she grabs the microphone and she's just like hey everybody just want to let you know in 10 minutes we're starting the belly dancing instruction in the auxiliary gym and then she hands it back (laughs) and everybody follows her (laughs) to get ready to stretch for the belly dancing and my punchlines lost a long time ago yeah like nothing mattered at that point and so my my student started doing one-liners and you know it's funny because i just thought about it he does a lot of one-liners in his act i wonder if that's where that started oh it's just like pay attention hurry 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 yeah Yeah, that makes perfect sense yeah well not many people can say that they got bumped by sumo wrestlers and then cut short by a belly dancer no i mean maybe uh pt barnum but that's yeah maybe But, maybe but he put them on on purpose and this was you didn't have yeah. any say in this. Wow. I didn't. I didn't. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, I, I was the bearded lady, I guess. That was easy. But it was too much. So that that to me, like, these are the kind of gigs that really, that's how you grow hair on your chest, though. Honestly, like, leave the jokes there. But, you know, <laughs> this is the Perfect. stuff that really does. This is the stuff that helps people become better comedians, though. You can't just have the improv, something slick where they're ready for comedy. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> That doesn't, that does not uh, make it fun. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Yes, thank you. We so appreciate you letting us and our incredible guests share the good, the bad, and the funny. 
And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please leave us a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can now send us a voice message through Anchor, and we might just play it on an upcoming episode. To send us a voice message, go to anchor.fm slash cleancomedytime. Click the message button and record what you want to say. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you. That first half was so fun. You had a little bit of everything there. Sumo wrestlers, belly dancers, bus drivers, teachers, all sorts of good stuff. And Chewbacca. Uh, And Chewbacca. (laughs) No, it was no Chewbacca. I was going to ask her about it earlier, but I forgot. I was going to say, wow, I thought I was paying attention, but. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know. Andrea, (laughs) uh, tell us about Chewbacca. No, (laughs) no. Oh, yeah. um, I can. Are you ready or no? Uh, She's the only (laughs) comedian I know who's got a Chewbacca bit. All right. Let me hear the Chewbacca bit. Okay. So so I I just, I asked the audience, like, you know, I I tell them I'm into cosplay. Like my husband and I like to dress up for Halloween, um, you know, because he's my Han Solo and I'm his Chewbacca. (laughs) 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 that that sounds a little bit more like uh gizmo (laughs) oh shoot i better go back to the drawing board he really does i wish i were kidding but like he really will it's almost like a little mating call like from a a different room i'll hear him and he's just like (laughs) just random so it's not just a mating call it's an effective (laughs) mating call it is yeah I mean, if, I mean, I just literally, I'll just like be in the restroom or something. And I just hear my husband just from somewhere like, I'm like, ah, hi, honey. <laughs> He's cute. Well, now, now we're all ca- caught up on Chewbacca bit. Uh, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So what's uh, in, in the second half, in the second half, we like to uh, dig in a little bit deeper on, and learn a little bit from you about uh, what's going well in your life and give you an opportunity to share Uh, some of the things that you might be struggling with. So uh, what's going well for you right now? Nothing. Let's get to the other stuff. um, (laughs) um, Honestly, here's the thing. I am really, really excited because uh, my comedy is coming to this like weird kind of angle or this, this place where I'm starting to do humorous motivational speaking and I'm actually opening up. um, I'm doing like the Missouri fall counselors convention in November Um, and they really just want straight comedy, but like, I've also done motivational speaking for them as well. Like, it's just, uh, that's something I want to do because one of my idols, um, is Jeannie Robertson. Did you guys know Mm. who Jeannie Robertson was? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, six foot two and eyes of blue. And I remember Mm -hmm. she came to our, um, student council convention in 1994 and I was just mesmerized because she was so funny and, uh, so just dynamic, you know, but had a great message. And so I've kind of followed her throughout her career and I was very upset to find out a few years or a few months ago that she passed away um and I just I feel like it's just kind of a calling I really want to incorporate everything that I do with teaching because um one of the big things that I do that's different from a lot of people is that I love to work with at-risk youth like that's my thing you know they always like they're like Jimmy's just you know he's cussing and going crazy I'm like send him to my room and then I'm just like fist bump hi Jimmy come sit with me and I'm just the Jimmy Whisperer, just like Polly Shore, right? So that's where I learned it, I guess. 
Wow. Wow. So it sounds like you get a lot of joy and fulfillment out of working with uh, at at risk youth, as you said. Yeah. And I mean, I, I say that euphemistically, right? But they're the naughty kids. I mean, they have some troubled home lives, they have some trauma that they're dealing with, or um, they don't get enough attention. So it's that squeaky wheel kind of thing. And um, I just I started working in the inner city. That was my first teaching gig was um, Kansas City, Missouri schools, uh, inner city. And um, I did that for four years. uh, Two different districts. And I just kind of was like, these kiddos need me. I feel fulfilled. I feel like this is just where I feel comfortable. And um, that's what I've been doing all these years. And so I just, I kind of want to teach other people how to do it because people will come to me and say, I have no idea what to do with, um, you know, Sarah, like she's just going crazy in my room or whatever. And I just, you know, give them tips. And so I want to incorporate that. I think that my being funny in the classroom or like humor is really helpful and not everyone can do humor, right? Not everyone's a stand-up comedian and a teacher, but I can help them like give tips. So I'm, I'm just like, that's kind of where I am right now. Um, trying to figure that out. And especially with clean comedy, that's really cool because, um, you know, I can do that easily. Yeah. Well, boy, that, that sounds great. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you start talking about being effective, working with, uh, troubled kids or, or at risk individuals, uh, of any age for that matter, one of the things that's common across the board with them is, you know, there's no, um, let's see, it's a clean, <laughs> there's no, there's no crap detector, you know, or there's yeah. no, there's no tolerance for garbage, uh, with mm-hmm. them. You know, it's, it's real, um, you know, y- you have to be genuine. And when yeah. you, when you just describe that, how they'll come into the room and you'll say, Hey, come on and sit by me, you know, like that, what, what happens there is a genuine connection. And, and that like lays that foundation that you can, you know, actually speak into their lives and, and be helpful. I think that's, that's cool. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. I'm, I, I just um, appreciate that you understand because that, that connection is something that I really want to help other people learn how to forge with other kiddos because sometimes I think, um, and I know I was like this initially, you're like, I'm the CEO of my classroom and I'm not going to have some kid disrespect me and whatever, you know, and I feel like um, once you like shed that and you just kind of humble yourself and you're just like, you know what, we're just, these are just kids who need help these are just kids who want a friend or who need someone friendly in their lives. They're kicked and, and screamed at all the time. Um, that's not a, the right way to handle it. So you have to kind of smile and just like make it happen, you know, and just, just be there. You don't have to be their friend, but be cool with them, be friendly um, and just understand that it's not always going to go your way. And that's okay. Sometimes they just need a minute. I think, um, a lot of times we just, you know, especially even with our own kids, you know, just that, ah, you know, and uh, sometimes you just need to give people, some peace, just let them walk, let them sit, let them cool off, come back and reconnect. It sounds like empathy is a real important part of that. It is. Empathy is everything. And I think it's hard sometimes for people, especially if they haven't grown up in that, like if you grew up in, you know, you didn't see all that. Um, it's hard sometimes to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel that empathy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, man. What? He's feeling it. Right, right. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's good stuff. And, and it's so, um, uh, I don't know if you know my background, but you know, about, uh, well, almost exactly five years ago, I left a job to address alcohol in my life. And, wow. and I was, uh, 
I was always the, the troubled kid, you know, I, I played bass guitar in a heavy metal band in high school and, and all that. And I, I remember back to one teacher in, in particular that, uh, his name was Glenn Pettit and he taught printing uh, technology and, uh, and he, he kind of had that persona that you're talking about. Like, even though I was, uh, a rebellious kid, a partier, um, you know, he, he just, he said, come on in, sit down, you know, hang out for a bit. And, you know, now decades later, you know, I still think back on that relationship fondly and, and I appreciate them. So know that you're making just an incredible difference in these kids' lives. Oh, Aaron, thank you so much. And I didn't know your background. So that is really commendable. I'm so proud of you for, you know, addressing that. Yeah, thanks. Um, I appreciate it. It's, it's, this this is an interesting time coming up on five years sobriety because, you know, re- rebellion, self-centeredness, uh, abuse of substances was so much a part of who I was and my identity. And yeah. uh, and then now to to be coming up on on five years sobriety, it's it's just it's a strange time, you know. Yeah. Congratulations. That's amazing and wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really like to make this all about me <laughs> whenever possible. No. I love it. No, but I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I have some friends who struggle with that and um, I'm just very, and I know it's rough. It's hard. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then in, now I've had the opportunity also because of experiencing recovery myself to, to be able to connect with some of the folks that might be at risk or, or in uh, dangerous points or in, in situations where they're curious about recovery and, and being able to talk to them. And, and, you know, hopefully on my best day, I'm doing what, what you're talking about and just saying, Hey, this is who I am. Let's hang out for a minute, you know, and and just having that genuine relationship and communication. Yeah. And it's so, my husband taught me um, something so important and, uh, and I really, I have to think and I have to make myself do this um, because I was always so big and talking, talking, talking and giving unsolicited, unsolicited advice. And, and he said, you know, I just don't like somebody who's always um, waiting to talk. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, Oof. Oof. wow. wow. You just, Epiphany. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. That's and I, big. so I, yeah. <laughs> Let me talk over you. But anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Can I get a word in here? Because I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, so because I I was always looking to connect with people like, you know, they'd say, uh, you know, I, I hurt my knee and I'm like, well, I'm missing a leg. And, you know, like I just wanted to one up or, you know, relate, whatever. So um, <laughs> and now I'm I, I listen and I don't always have to like even if I have a story that connects to that, I don't always have to volunteer that sometimes it's OK to just listen and be there. And, and respond the way they need it instead of just waiting for your story or waiting for your turn. Well, that's so big and that's so valuable. And I think, uh, I think you're on a good track. You know, obviously you've, you've been very successful in comedy and, and sharing humor and, yeah. and that's important. But if you're starting to pivot to where you can share some of those truths that you've learned with people in a humorous way, I, man, I think that is just incredible. And I think you'll do very well at it. I appreciate it, Aaron. I really want to do that. It's a whole different world. And um, I just I think that this clean comedy is like leading me to that because I just you know, I'm the clean stuff. Really, I 
I have to do that because I'm a teacher and things go out online and this and that. But really the clean comedy challenge a few years ago, it was such a challenge, you know, to, um, to make my, not make myself do clean, but like just to make sure that um, everything was just squeaky and then doing dry bar. I don't know if you guys know, but they say it's not even just squeaky. It's Provo clean. Yeah, it's Provo, about, Utah yeah. clean. Provo, yeah. Utah clean. Um, I think Jeffrey Jenna made that joke mm-hmm. um, when we were at the, this one in the summer and in, in Indiana. And, um, but he, he was not wrong. I mean, that is just absolutely, you can't even say, Oh my God. Like it right. is just everything, you know, and I love that challenge because I code switch when I get to school. Cause like with my husband and I were silly, we dirty jokes, whatever. But, um, when I go to school, I just turn that off. Right. I'm just, I'm funny, but I'm a teacher and it's clean. It's appropriate. I don't go there, you know, um, there's just no reason for it. And so I, I, I love the challenge of just being clean and appropriate. It's, it's cool because it's also a niche market. It is very hard. And Brian, you know, this, it is hard mm-hmm. to be clean and funny. You have clean who is funny or clean people who aren't funny so funny and you have funny people who aren't so clean but to balance those is such a marketable skill you know yeah well and it's funny because you just hit on something that's that's important to like our business plan with clean comedy time and and what we offer and and we go out and we try to find funny comedians that can work clean yeah you know we're not looking for people that are necessarily uh, billing themselves as, Hey, I'm a clean comedian. Well, that's fine. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we really like finding people that uh, are funny first, you yes. know, and then, and then can, can work clean or want that challenge like you're talking about. Yeah. I love it because I'll give you an example. The other day, this is so, so um, one of the clips I sent you guys was from a few months ago. Um, They asked me to do a clean show for the kids. They don't even say clean show. They say do a show and they assume it's going to be clean. Right. And um, so I did, they they said, well, you'll film it in front of um, the staff the week before the kids come back and then we'll show the kids during homeroom. And so they were filming it. And so I had 40, uh, or so staff members come and watch, you know, and we have a new principal and he is also a pastor. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I knew it had to be squeaky and they wanted me to do 10 minutes or whatever. And so I got it together and um, he wasn't in there and I thought, oh, shoot, you know, I'm still going to be clean and everything, but at least I don't, you know, and, and, and they said, and now Andrea Kaspari and in walks Dr. Tate, the new principal pastor. And I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's begin, you know, and and I and I kept staring at him because I didn't even know him. Right. This is the first time I've ever met this gentleman in person. <laughs> and I'm doing a 10 minute bit. I don't know what's offensive to this guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how religious and how this and, you know, anyway, and he's throwing his head back and laughing and enjoying himself. <laughs> and the other day I was in the library on tardy sweep duty. I mean, once again, I'm not trying to brag. OK, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> I, I do have to be humble. But anyway, so I'm on tardy sweep duty the kids late kids come in and we give them a pass whatever and he comes up to me he has an executive that he's touring around and he says this is our resident comedian he puts an arm around me this is the uh-huh. second time i've seen him in person this is our resident comedian you know and he said do a bit do some jokes oh, for her oh no oh yeah <laughs> and i just have to laugh at just the absolute trust this gentleman must have in me that he has this this dolled up not dolled up this uh, suited up executive 
that who's walking around and touring and, 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 you know, uh, talking about the school and, you know, looking at our school and everything. And I, so I did some bits and she's laughing and she says, yeah, I'm your newest fan. And this, and that. And I just thought that gentleman is a lucky principal because my gosh, you know, wow, <laughs> he didn't say do a clean yeah. bit. Right. And of course I'm going to do clean, but I just thought it was funny. Like that is just some, <laughs> that was risky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. here off the cuff why don't you do a three-minute stand-up for this <laughs> well, woman and yeah. boy that's uh that's a tall order i know mm-hmm. i know for me personally and and many comedians that i talk to like that's the the nightmare you know that oh you're a comedian do something funny or <laughs> do do a bit you know because as you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. you know there's so much involved in getting belly laughter, getting genuine laughter, you know, it's, it's the room, the lighting, the seating, you know, all this stuff, typically one-on-one in a, in a hallway, <laughs> you know, it, it's great to have conversation and laugh, but it's a really tough environment to, to do a bit. So it sounds <laughs> like you sounds like you crushed it though. <laughs> it, it went okay. It went okay. And I couldn't think of any one-liners or anything or any one-liners I was allowed to do in school. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I just, I kind of just took them into a little bit. It was school related and cute and, you know, something fun, but I just, I couldn't believe I was doing like, I just, it was like surreal because I'm like, I don't don't even really know who this woman is but i know she looks important and she's walking with the principal one-on-one and he's taking her you know oh there's andrea she's the comedian oh my gosh and he puts his arm around me and i'm like oh my goodness like it was just a lot you know and then when it was done and he, she's laughing and she's getting my facebook information I, you know i'm thinking wow thank goodness right and so that's why i'm just so happy to have that um the clean comedy thing is just like it's really what's what's propelling my career right now and i'm yeah. loving it loving it it's people are calling me literally in the last few days i need a clean comedian for this i know you do clean i know you work clean just i think three different gigs they've called in the last week everything well, had to that's do with great clean. Yeah. yeah well and i i gotta tell you andrea i i love hearing you light up when you tell that story you know it's it's obvious that laughter and sharing laughter with people just brings so much fulfillment to you. And and like you were saying, being clean just gives you more opportunities to do that. Absolutely. And it just, I love it because, you know, I don't do any religious material, obviously no racial material, obviously nothing, no political even. I mean, I think it's fun to be able to bring people together. I love the, I love the challenge. Once again, I love the challenge of having 300 people in a room and just thinking, I'm just going to bring you all together. You don't know each other. You don't know me. You don't know. And, and, and they don't leave going, that was, uh, you know, really funny if you're liberal. That was funny if you're conservative. That was funny if you're dirty, you know. But just everybody giggling for the same, you know, on the same wavelength. And it's just like really cool because it's a very divided time right now. Um, And everybody's just so uh, easily offended and hurt. And and I just want people to laugh. I want people to giggle, but not at anyone else's expense. Good, good, good. But of course, there is a uh, flip side of that coin. Uh, Everybody that we talk to has things that are going well and also things that they're struggling with. So, Andrea, what is something that you're struggling with? Well, let me tell you, (laughs) I am teaching in a pandemic. Um, If anyone's doing the math on that, once again, I know you said there wasn't going to be math for this English teaching uh, (laughs) job here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm teaching in a pandemic. And so I have all these kiddos with masks and everybody's just um, kind of freaking out. Um, Literally, 
every day somebody they they have people going home we have 1200 kids and they're all back in person and last year we were hybrid and some were virtual and you know like think 40 percent of the kids were virtual until march and um now we have everybody back in the pool and a lot of people are just coughing and accusing and it's very scary sometimes i mean like you forget about it but then you realize like we're in a pandemic everybody it masks are mandated which i'm very happy about and i appreciate that safety but obviously um, vaccines are not mandated. So you don't know who's who and what's what, and you just have to be really careful. Um, and then I also have that issue. Um, what am I doing? <laughs> I love teaching. Um, but I live in the same house I was born in, right? I've been living in Kansas city for 43 years. My dad left me the house. Um, and I have a joke where I say, you know, you've lived at home too long when your parents move out first. Um, <laughs> So I like what's next because my husband's just like I'm tired of Missouri la la like he just wants to move and it's like what is like it's really time what's my next step am I doing LA am I doing Denver because that's where he really wants to move it's a blue state where you know he's he just feels comfortable with his art he really wants to you know get into his visual art he hates his job like he loves the kids but like it's just you know he's tired of the daily whatever and I'm okay with everything but I've been doing it a long time. And so it's like, do I, you know, it's time to just poo or get off the pot kind of thing. So I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing so transparently with that. Um, and you hit a lot of points there. Uh, one, yeah. yeah, doing something that you obviously get great fulfillment out of uh, teaching and connecting with kids and, and being a role model and being an influence in their lives. But then to come into this time where everything is so touchy and upside down and scary and, you know, and different. It's, that's got to be just very difficult for you. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, I just, I want everybody to be happy and in a good mood and this and that, and they're just not, people are um, really overworked. I think the problem is that um, just even with the administration and this and that, there's just, there's, they have, there's so much to do and so little time to do it. And so many new things put on our plate with nothing else taken off. And I think this is across the board. I think with education, there are so many different things that we have to do, even with the protocol, uh, you know, COVID stuff. Um, there's just so much more to worry about and then the grading and everything on top of that and the, um you know there's just a lot and 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 you go in knowing that but no one goes in going and i'm going to be part of a you know an international pandemic for two and a half years or more it's a lot um on everybody and people have lost folks um you know i, I have a friend who just lost uh, her dad um he was vaccinated and he was the first person i know who was vaccinated and passed away last saturday two saturdays ago so anyway, I mean, so once again, I mean, you asked, you know, like what's upsetting and stuff. So there's, we're dealing with all of this loss. No one's been able to process the trauma. And then here I am like, Hey, you want to hear a joke, you know, but, but I like being able to do that. I want to, I want people to be happy and I want to do that, but I know my kids need me, but I need comedy. Um, I need a different uh, level. Like I just want to do something else with it because I, I like what I'm doing in the clubs in town. But I really, I really want to travel with it. But then, I mean, it's just like, what do you do first? And I don't know. How do you make the leap? Because I'm, you know, vested in the retirement system. I, it's just, it's, yeah. um, I'm at a crossroads, basically. Yeah, it, th- that's a good way to put it. It, it sounds like a crossroads. Or, mm-hmm. it, Brian? Crossword, it, I think is what you're <laughs> No, that's not it. 
Does uh, it have the S or not? It, you're at a crossroads. I said you, that, and then it didn't sound yeah. right. I feel like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You have those moments where you say a word often enough, and then it sounds really wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I had to tag wrong. Brian in that, because he, he knows words. Mm-hmm. He knows so. words good. Yeah, he, yep. he he's gooder than me at many words. I yes. talk English much goodly. Thank I love you. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. That's, that's, um, I just struggle with that because I want my husband to be happy and fulfilled as well. And I know that he's not into his job. Like he loves the kids too. Once again, he drives a bus, a special ed bus. So he really loves the kids, but Mm. he's just not like fulfilled. Like he's an artist. He's a visual artist. He doesn't, this isn't what he wants to do by day and it eats his soul. And you know, so then I'm like, well, I really, but then I'm like, well, eight years to retirement, early retirement. I don't know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that can be very very difficult to be dealing with additional stresses, additional demands, and yet kind of having a feeling of being a bit unfulfilled with yeah. uh, with with what you're doing. Uh, I uh, I I can relate to that. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's been a big part of of my story as well. Um, looking looking back, um, I had a pretty constant feeling of discontentment and really that kind of drove some of the addiction issues uh, that I had, you know, I was always kind of looking ahead to uh, the next thing. And, and that really uh, made me not happy with the current thing. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know from hearing you light up uh, you, you've got great things ahead you know, you will get opportunities to share techniques on motivating people to share techniques on connecting with people uh, and be able to do that in an enjoyable and humorous way. Uh, Those things are going to happen. But I I think you also are going to continue to have opportunities to connect with young at risk people that, that need you in their life, frankly, that, that need to, uh, hear hear from you and just have that uh, that hand of friendship come out regardless of who they are and why they ended up there I appreciate that and that actually is such um something I hadn't thought of because uh, one of the big things that I always think is um oh I'm if I go and do speaking then I'm not in the classroom with these kiddos and stuff I'm just helping the teachers but the teachers will um, pass that on to the kiddos and maybe there's a way that I can still connect with students directly I just I just enjoy like I just derive such fulfillment from meeting these kids and just hearing their stories and then keeping in touch with them forever. That's why I love Facebook. Like, Oh, some people want to, you know, take a selfie or do their hair or what I don't care about makeup and stuff. I just love to see them, you know, thrive and keep in touch. And I mean, I think I talked to a former student or current student, well, current students I'm talking to because they owe me work. But um, (laughs) I think I talked to a former student probably daily in my inbox. There's a kid, there's always somebody like, Hey, how are you doing? Or, Da, 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 you know, um, or I, I'm having trouble with this or can I've had kids say, can I call you? I'm struggling with blankety blank. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're, th- they're 30. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Uh, sure. Or 25 or whatever. But, you know, at, at, at an appropriate 18 plus graduated age, I, I really do like to keep in touch with the kiddos and I like to see them, uh, you know, with their families and their wedding photos and stuff. I don't know. Like, I just need people. And I just I feel like if I get out of the classroom, I'm not going to have that. I just like that one-on-one 
Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think you'll you'll find opportunities to to have that kind of connection, that kind of genuine con- connection, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, tomorrow morning, it'll 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 be in in one setting, and somewhere down the road, it might be somewhere else. But I would just encourage you to to you know try to grab a hold of a bit of co- contentment and just uh, just enjoy what's happening, even though you know, so much of it is so difficult, uh, in trials, in difficult situations. That's oftentimes where we find the the biggest blessings and the, and the most genuine ways to connect. Yeah. I appreciate that, Aaron, because I, yeah, it's, it's a struggle and I'm watching, um, peers struggle. Like my, the teachers are struggling. I mean, this, we have text threads where they're just, Oh, I just had to, you know, go to my car and cry. And well, I mean, it's just, it's a lot right now. The teachers are struggling with home life, with illness, with, um, kiddos, you know, and, and our, and our kids are acting out now that they're back. They are, they haven't really been <laughs> civilized, you know, because they, there are some sophomores who just hadn't even set foot in a high school yet. So we really have wow. like two classes of freshmen and the seniors only had one regular year as freshmen. And then they went up, then the pandemic hit. So like, there's nobody, there are no role models, you know, of um, what life should look like or what, how to act in high school. So they're all kind of off the wall. Wow. Yeah. The pandemic's That's a lot. amazing. Yeah. It's, um, we just, there were so many effects that we didn't uh, plan for and that we don't know that will be down the road. Well, Andrea, I just want to uh, say this because I happened to notice this earlier today and we're recording this today in advance of when it's going to, um, drop out on, on, uh, cleancomedytime.com. But, um, it's world teachers day today. No way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for the service that you have uh, provided as a teacher, as a role model for the kids that goes above and beyond, um, the classroom and uh, stretching out for, for years later. And then, uh, what you're able to give to the teachers as well through, um, this new effort and motivational work. I think that's tr- absolutely terrific. Oh, thank uh, you, so- Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Usually Aaron takes care of all that kind of mushy stuff, but uh, <laughs> I decided uh, like I can get in on that. I um, love that. But if, uh, if somebody were to say, hey, you know what? I'm really looking for a funny teacher. I'm really looking for somebody to uh, help us, help our, our teachers, help our students, help that kind of thing, or to book you for a club or something. How would they get a hold of Andrea Caspari? Well, my website has been under construction for many years. And, um, I have a friend who, uh, we're, we're, I should be working with on that, but anyway, so let's, let's just say they can find me on Facebook, um, under Andrea Kaspari Spears. Um, so you're not wrong. If you see the Spears, that's, that's me. Um, and they can just send me an inbox message and just, um, book me that way. And I wish that I had a more professional way. I, I do, I do have a website, Andrea but like I said, it's under construction. Maybe by the time this airs, I will have, uh, gotten a fire lit under my friend and I to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on Instagram. I think it's Kaspari land, um, on Instagram. I changed it, but I'm not very into Instagram. Instagram's okay. just Facebook without words. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. I mean, for an English yeah, teacher, it's just picture. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so your husband, uh, Barry put him on the Instagram with his pictures. Yeah. He loves and, Instagram. Yep. And then you take care of the Facebook and, um, 
I try to speak in small little bits, so uh, I'll take care of the the Twitters. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Andrea, thank you so much for your time, for your service, for your comedy. My goodness, uh, you were such a delight uh, when we got to meet this summer, and I'm so glad we were able to have you here to talk with us tonight. Absolutely, oh, Andrea. This was just wonderful to get to know you a bit and chat through all kinds of fun stuff. Oh my gosh, Brian and Aaron, I cannot believe it's been over an hour. That's insane to me. This has been so um, wonderful. It's been so great to get to know you guys and like meeting Brian this summer. Like we really got to know each other and I mean, you're just such a delight I, and truly funny, truly funny. Um, and Aaron, I'm sure you have been definitely... <laughs> You're a delight as well. Um, I just don't know you as well, but I think you're great. Um, and I'm so proud of you with your sobriety. And I just, you know, I, you're amazing. You guys were so hospitable. I love that you're organized because I'm kind of a mess sometimes, but I'm really organized with this kind of thing. And so I appreciated that you guys were just really the consummate hosts. Like you're wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from coarse language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you.